Welcome back to That's the Tea. I'm RJ. And I'm Ryan. And we're here bringing you football news in the most digestible way possible. Today, Ryan, today, we had a full week of football. And we are going to talk about not all of it, but a good majority of it. There was a lot that happened this week, actually. Yeah, we were blessed with a full week of football. Almost a full week. Almost or like a regular week. week, you know, kind of. We just didn't get the Monday. We just didn't get the Monday. But you know what I like? They spread out the games between like four days. Like it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But in addition to that, they spread it out throughout the course of the day. So you would yeah. wake up and then you would get one at like one or even earlier. Like on Sunday, it started like at 11 something. And then you would get another one at four, another one at five, another one at seven, you know, get everything. Exactly. So like you had football like all day, depending on like when you're watching and whatsoever. But but if you have cable, pretty- then you mm-hmm. uh, have nothing. You get yeah, one no. game per day. One game per day. But, oh, man. But we do have a lot to talk about. And we will just, this whole segment, or this whole episode, will just be reading the tea leaves. And Ryan, take it away. You have a couple of just quick updates, quick quick little news headliners that you want to get out of the way first before we start on the on the big ones. Yeah, just a quick, um, I'm going to say them. And then if you have a comment, just cut me off and then uh, we'll, we'll discuss it. So we finally got to see Ben DiNucci. And I don't want to see more of Ben DiNucci. <laughs> did you watch the game i mean i apologize for hyping him up last week he just has a cool name i did i i saw the stat line i did not watch him but yeah. i i saw the stat line and i was uh, that was a little rough but a backup who did shine nathan peterman the goat shines for my las vegas raiders you want to see his stat line 246 yards and he led the team to four scoring drives wow mariota who mariota who okay sean watson is back in the news I'm sure you saw. Uh, There's an update on his case. It was said that the FBI has reached out to Deshaun Watson concerning the 22 civil lawsuits against him. You Mm -hmm. know what the defense is? Watson's lawyer said, uh, I wouldn't let him talk to the FBI if he didn't do anything wrong. Or if he did do something wrong, I wouldn't let him talk to the FBI. So I guess Watson is a free man because he didn't do anything wrong. Oh, of course, that logic, right? (laughs) Yeah, fantastic (laughs) logic. And the last one, Tevin Jenkins, second-round pick, who was projected to be the starting left tackle for the Bears, uh, he underwent back surgery today. Hopefully, uh, the timeline is that hopefully he'll return this season, but he could also sit out, and he was struggling to hold that left tackle spot during training camp. So I don't know if this is a huge loss for this year, but it's more of a loss for his development. Man, you know, okay. It's funny because the last one, which is probably the most boring if you don't really follow football. Yeah. Because we're going to kind of talk about the offensive line. You would think that the one that, that talks about the offensive line won't be the one that I stop on, but I will stop on this one. Okay. Because they did draft him pretty early. He was, what, a second-round pick? Second-round like pick. Tevin Jenkins out of the draft as well. We talked a lot about him on the podcast when we're, mm-hmm. when we're doing our, our mock drafts. Smart um, man, too. He wears glasses. Yeah, smart man, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, does this change where you value David Montgomery? No, solely because he was already struggling to hold on to the left tackle spot. So with or without this piece of news, I don't think he would have held on to that starting spot. So it makes no difference for David Montgomery. Got it. Now, I still dislike p- him. Still dislike him. Okay. <laughs> yes. David Montgomery. Got it. Um, I'm going to pivot this really quickly to another offensive tackle that okay. kind of struggled. Did you hear about Panay Sewell? I did not hear about Panay Sewell. I heard Jared Goff got sacked once during preseason week one, and it was on the, I think, the left side. 
Penesul oh. gave it up, and it did not look good. Are so you much for this guy being a rocket left tackle, top five <laughs> player, you know? My butt. I'm I'm kind of concerned. If I, okay, I'm, I'm not like super concerned, but it's like one of those like oh, so he's not perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> you you it, you're glad it's in the preseason, and you know it probably won't happen in the in the regular season. But to your point, it's true. It's kind of like I thought this guy was supposed to be perfect. I thought he was supposed to be all pro elite. You know, Quentin Nelson. Like I didn't hear that coming from Quentin Nelson when he came out of the draft. Exactly. That's <laughs> why he's all pro. Yeah, that's why he's all pro. I get you, but yeah, that's so what I have Penesu to say. might only make the Pro Bowl and not the All Pro team. You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. He might be runner up though. Yeah, ah, runner up. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, thank thank you, Ryan, for that. That was actually really lighthearted, especially for. I mean, not Ben DiNucci. I hope. Oh, man, I don't know why I'm going to dig too much into that. I mean, at least he's still on the roster. I'm like Josh Rosen. He said one what? thing and he got cut. <laughs> you know what's funny about Ben DiNucci, though? As much as we crap on Ben DiNucci, if that goes down, this guy's starting. So he's not far off on the depth chart at all. It's pretty unfortunate, but you're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But, but so what yeah, did so Josh Rosen say? I think he... I think because um, he had a really bad day in practice and he was like oh it's kind of hard to make the adjustments when i only get like three reps ah so and he threw shade and the team got what he the streets. yeah he can get now he has practice every day i thought the game was uh, too boring for him so he wouldn't need all those reps you know see that's what i'm saying you know i, I actually believed in him when he went to miami but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know anymore oh well hopefully he finds a job but um Yo, moving on to the real headliners. Uh, how many? How many do you have, Ryan? Actually, you have four. I got quite a couple. Yeah. Okay. So you can start first. We. Um. I don't know Ryan's headliners, and he doesn't know mine. So we're just gonna go back and forth. I think you have more. I have three. So you can start mm-hmm. off with your first headliner. Okay. About- yeah. So so what I have is kind of like it kind of eases into it. So the the ones in the beginning are probably pretty quick. Nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. So the first one, I was just curious. Did you watch Hard Knocks? Because the first episode came out. A little bit. Yeah. It, did did it feel underwhelming, yet. though? Because like, I swear the highlight reel on Instagram was a clip of somebody wanting to get caked since Dak Prescott got caked for his birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, So it wasn't really... Uh, I, I don't want to say there was no substance to this show, but it was like, eh, underwhelming. It was, it was not surface level, but it's like... It was like, oh... Okay. You're okay. Yeah. But you know what I noticed? How it's kind of like kind of off topic. They practice right in the backyard of these apartment buildings. Yeah. So then like people can just, you know, look out the window and then now they can be a reporter. <laughs> just post stuff on Twitter now. And then now uh-huh. your account gets a bunch of followers because you have like footage other people cannot get just because you live on the third floor of your apartment building. That's crazy. I know. I never, I never really thought about that. You know, honestly, like for the 49ers, when they just practice like, on their field right next to um levi stadium like uh-huh. there are apartments over there oh. can literally just peek <laughs> we should just go check it out one day yeah for sure all right what do you got all right so well my first headliner number one spring cleaning came early do you know why it's because the they're cleaning up the running back rooms right now oh you're talking they're about cutting backs. people okay. week one they're already cutting people so ryan i have two players that were cut. And I just want to know what you think the implications are. I do have a question after I tell you and give you a little bit of the information. So carry on Johnson. Do you even he was cut? Carry on Johnson on the Eagles was cut. 
Oh. Correct. Yes. So. The, oh. oh, right. The Eagles okay. only have, they have, I don't want to say only, but they have four running backs now. It's Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, and the rookie Kenneth Gainwell, who I think they drafted in the fifth round. Okay. My question for you is Miles Sanders currently being drafted around round five. They cut carry on Johnson. Are you optimistic about Miles Sanders now? Are you moving him up a little bit? Or are you like, I never believed in Miles Sanders to begin with. I'm going to fade him. I, I got one question. Was carry on Johnson the second stringer, third stringer? I think I was, was totally underwear that he left Detroit. That he left Detroit. Got it. Um, I think he was fighting for the for Jordan Howard's spot. Which is the fourth spot is what I see. Third or fourth, yes. Okay, so he would have made no difference, just like Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Miles Sanders. Uh, I am on the boat with you here. I, If I recall, didn't you have Miles Sanders last year on your team? I did. I had multiple shares of him. And you don't like it. Him, sorry. I think I, where I drafted him, I did not get return on value. Because I think I drafted him like around like, it was like early to mid round two. And he was, a, he was running back 14, actually, which wasn't too bad. But yeah, too rich, though. I mean, I think, yeah, at 13, it might be too rich. But if you can get him for a little cheaper, I think it's worth taking a shot because of Jalen Hurts now. You know, he didn't look that bad in week one. See, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Carson Wentz was playing last year, and I'm not saying he was the worst quarterback ever, but was he the best? Not really. Mm-hmm. So the offense can only go up from here. But um, with that being said, I have a couple of names here, Ryan. I'm going to play before and after again. So, again, the question is super simple. Would you draft Miles Sanders before or after the player I'm going to name? Okay. So the first player is DeAndre Swift. Are you drafting Miles Sanders before or after? Dang it, man. Why you got to make it so hard? I went, yep. Busting through the gates already. Yeah. All right. Uh, I would draft him before DeAndre Swift because I heard that Jared Goff cannot get the passing game going. And if the passing game can't get going, they'll just stack the box. And then now DeAndre Swift cannot run the ball. God, and if Penesol can't Can't block, then we have some concern. Okay. So you go Miles Sanders. Okay. Very fair. David Montgomery, are you drafting Miles Sanders before or after? Uh, I'm going to go after. I'm going to go after. I, I didn't like David Montgomery. I literally said about five minutes ago, I do not like the guy. But this year with Justin Fields there, I think there's some potential. And as long as... You know, this offense stays dynamic with Justin Fields. I think David Montgomery will have his late season surge last year that he had early in the season. As long as the offense stays dynamic. Got it. And not okay. one-dimensional. Got it. I think I might go Miles Sanders before just because I was never really a David Montgomery believer, but that's just me. All right. Okay. A couple more names. J.K. Dobbins. We'll just go real fast. Before oh, or after? I, I, I go J.K. Dobbins first. So this guy after. Miles Got Sanders it. after J.K. Yeah, this might hurt Josh Jacobs before or after. You're going, you're going to ask me if I'm going to take Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs? Yeah. Josh Jacobs, for sure. Fair. <laughs> for sure. No, no question. No question. I think I might go Miles Sanders before Josh what? Jacobs. Passing game usage. You, uh, that's, right. that's what I have. All right. Now, last one. 
Daryl Henderson. Ooh. Ooh. I'll go Miles Sanders before him. You'll go okay. We'll go Miles. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think I agree with you. I think I'll go Miles Sanders before him. I just think even though Daryl Henderson's in a better offense, I think the mm-hmm. offense is too good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's too many weapons. Too many weapons. Exactly. Too many weapons. They won't need to run the ball too much. And then the last injury or player that was cut was Alfred Morris. Giants released Alfred Morris. So where's the cut to the chase? I'm optimistic about Saquon Barkley now. I think he'll play at least week one or week two. Week two at the very, very latest. I think so too. So are you draft so where are you drafting him? Where do I draft him? Put him back in round one. Put him back. Okay, put him back in round one. Are you drafting him over Derek Henry? Oh. Okay, did you hear the news about how the Titans offense could regress? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after seeing that, I think I get persuaded pretty easily. So as of today, I'll go Saquon Barkley before Derrick Henry, if I believe Saquon Barkley is going to start week one. Ooh, okay. How about Alvin Kamara? You know what's tough about the situation between Barkley and Kamara? They both have really bad quarterbacks. Yeah. And offense is very underwhelming. Yes. So it's kind of like... Pick your poison. Pick your poison. Uh, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. I think that Champagne's a little more creative with the offense. So he, he'll find ways for Kamara to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Joe, Judd's over, Joe Judge in New York is having trouble, you know, with his players. <laughs> God, I, I think I want to agree with you with Alvin Kamara just because we had last year to kind of base off of like where he's going to be and yeah. what he can do. So mm-hmm. I trust that. I trust Alvin Kamara. Okay, that was, that was all I had for headliner number one. Go all for right. Nine. Jacob Eason's job to lose, but is it already lost? So oh. uh, Sam Ellinger, 155 passing yards, 30 rushing yards. He looked very mobile and athletic. He was able to step up in the pocket run to move the chains in some situations as well. He let them on a drive to tie the game and then followed up with another one to win the game with the field goal. Uh, I don't want to jump on the train too early, but I'd be a little scared if I was Carson Wentz coming off an injury or trying to nurse an injury. Oh, you know what are your so thoughts funny. on it? Yeah. Would you, you know even draft so him? Funny. Go ahead. Well, what is funny? It's all smoke. I, I don't. Oh, smoke. Once I heard that, that Carson Wentz is going to be, could be ready week one. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter who's playing the preseason right now. Carson Wentz is going to start week one. He's going to start whenever he's healthy. That's what I mean to say. He will start whenever he, he's actually fully healthy. But let's say he only does average and you get this memory of Sam Ellinger killing it in the preseason. Do you put him in? It's just the preseason. But you, your mind wouldn't wander and think the grass is green on the other side. If Carson no. Wentz is not winning you games, you you're sitting to. at one and three. Yeah. You, you you're still good. You ride, oh, you ride with him. Okay. You ride with Carson Wentz. You're like, that's, that's crazy. And I'm like, so why do you ride with Wentz, the, the starter in that situation, when you, uh, when you would give up on Jimmy G if he went one and three? What, what, what is the difference? It's all based off of where they kind of got drafted and how they value him. Okay. Okay. Sam Ellinger, I, I just looked it up, sixth round pick. If he, well, he looks better than Trey Lance. <laughs> you guys should. I mean, see if you watch right the now. game, though, if you watch the game, though, see that's why stats don't don't do justice. It's because the offensive line gave in, and and he gave up. Like he actually got like two or three drops from his team. Richie James Jr. dropped two. 
and I think it was three Knight, drops. dropped one. Yeah. So you're what I'm saying. So it's just like, yeah, he looked better. He looked better than Trey Lance, but again, he has a good offensive line. He was playing with the ones. That makes sense. Trey Lance was playing with the twos with the offensive line. They got burnt. It happens. Um, again, if, if Sam Ellinger was a real thing, I would assume that he would be drafted at least earlier than round six. If he was like a real, a real thing, if they were really drafting him for to be a starting quarterback, mm-hmm. and that's that's like the difference, right? Because Carson Wentz, um, they traded a was it a conditional second round pick, and if he plays seventy percent, it's a first round pick. The Eagles Very get true. a first if he plays more games. So I feel like they won't give up that much for for a player that they're just going to give up on one after going one and two or one and three. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you believe in you believe in Sam Ellinger? I, I believed in Sam Ellinger because what happened was it was Sunday morning. It was the only game on Sunday, so I watched the full thing and I was like, "Wow, this guy looks really good." You know, look reminds me a little bit of Nathan Peterman. They both have the same build, kind of. They play kind of the same way. Both are a little bit mobile, a little bit athletic, can run the ball, but you know, their first their 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 first idea is not to run the ball. You know, got it, got it. So first instinct is to is to to throw it, but they do have the mobility. Yeah, but we're not talking like they're not like Patrick Mahomes quick or Lamar Jackson quick, but they have mobility, unlike like Ben Roethlisberger. Got it. Got it. Okay, run me through another headliner. No, no one. Oh, you, one. you want another one? Yeah. Okay. You want me to tone it down? I, I can tone it down, or we can, we can continue to talk a little bit about fantasy. Your call. Uh, give me both then. Spice, spice it up. All right, do, all right. Tone it down and spice it up. So a little bit of fantasy talk now. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about fantasy defenses for once on this show. Ooh, okay. So the Broncos. Pat Sertain, did you see his pick six? Yes. It was pretty spicy. So I'm low-key nervous for Derek Carr and the Raiders having to play this guy. But mm-hmm. we have Hunter Renfro, so we'll be fine. You know, he beat Jalen Ramsey in practice today. But where do you rank the Broncos defense? Because presumably the Rams are number one. So do, do you... Obviously, someone's going to draft the Broncos. Are you going to draft the Broncos? Okay, so With the amount of question marks on their offense. Uh, but um, yes and no, because we've seen time and time again that like so yeah, there are question marks for the offense. But you think about Chicago, right? Okay, when they had when they had that really good defense. Their offense wasn't popping, though. You know what I'm saying? They were the able to like move carried. the ball a little bit, score a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. But I think I think that the Broncos can at least move the ball. Like they're not like I trust the Broncos more than the Jets. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean we saw it in preseason too. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater both didn't look that bad. Exactly, exactly. So I think I think the offense will be serviceable, but the defense will will highlight the team for sure. Another example: Jacksonville. When they had that really good defense. Very true. Okay. Right. It wasn't a great offense, but they were able to move the ball. So again, drawing parallels to Denver, they can move the ball, which is why I'm kind of not nervous about the offense. In terms of drafting them though, or where I have them, top five, maybe top seven. Uh, off the oh. top of my head, the Rams are up there. The Niners are up there. I have Washington up there. I haven't ranked defenses yet. I have Baltimore up there. And maybe Indy. Indy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those are like the and Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay. There you go. And Tampa. So those are all the teams I might draft before, but the Broncos are a pretty sneaky pick, though. I think so, because we always talk about how they're one quarterback away. 
And now their exactly. defense in the preseason showed up. Exactly. And they have they have like three pretty good corners. Like it's not just Patrick Sertain. Mm-hmm. They also have Justin Simmons too. The pass rush yeah, yeah, is there. Yeah. They're actually, you know what? They're a pretty good team. They're a pretty good defense. Pretty good. It's, it's a little scary, man. It's a little yeah. scary. All right, go ahead. Hit us with your headliner. Ooh, headliner number two. These are, I had a question, and it is, are we overlooking these rookies? Question mark okay. at the end, of course. But yeah, so I had two, two rookies that we haven't talked about, I feel like, enough on this podcast. And number Where one is Terrace Marshall Jr. Terrence, the guy out of LSU, right? LSU, he got drafted by the Panthers, which is probably why we didn't talk about him because we we talk about DJ. I'm I'm a big DJ Moore fan, and I think you like Robbie Anderson more than DJ Moore. But I kind of talked about DJ Moore just a bit earlier in the in the year for this podcast. But Terrence Marshall Jr. caught three passes for 88 yards in his in his preseason debut. Okay, kind of fluky because the big play was a 60 yard play, and it was like that um, Philip Walker, the quarterback, kind of broke down, had to had to scoot out of the pocket. Coverage broke. Terrace Marshall was open, and he just ran at 60 yards. You know what that kind of reminds me of now? That stat line kind of reminds me of what Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore both put up every week. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, if, if you don't look at the amount of receptions, you look at the yards, you're like, wow. And then you look at the receptions, you're like, it was only two. You got like a hundred and a touchdown. I mean, I'll take it, but come on, man. So, so you'll take it, right? But come on, man. So the question is like, I understand that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are here, but can we make the argument to raise Terrence Marshall's Marshall Jr.'s value in fantasy? Because again, you're saying he's putting up, he's putting up lines similar to DJ Moore, even the Robbie Anderson players that stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're drafting what DJ Moore in like the fourth or fifth round. And we're drafting Robbie Anderson in the eighth or ninth. So is there a value in drafting Terrace Marshall Jr. in like the 12th or 13th round then? I think there's definitely is value because as much as we're valuing DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, I think if, if Sam Darnold finds a connection with Terrence Marshall Jr. and they make it work somehow, obviously he's going to get more reps. Exactly. Because it's always kind of like, I think they're in like, you're always going to try to put your best players on the field no matter where they get drafted. Right. DJ Moore, exactly. I mean, is your number one. Robbie Anderson is a free agent that you brought in. So if Terrence Marshall Jr. shines, I mean, he doesn't really have to move up that much in order to outperform his round 12 or 13 draft, draft projection. Because he's exactly. third right now. So he only has to go up by to number two, and then he's already doing probably much better. Exactly. And he will see a lot of playing time because I think specifically he's a slot guy. And Robbie Anderson plays on the outside. DJ Moore is supposed to play on the outside. So he's going, that's his spot. The slot yeah. is his spot. And he's going to have that. He's going to have those reps every single game. It's just a matter of, I feel like what you said, that connection with Sam Darnold, because that's kind of what's stopping me from putting him higher on my draft board, just because, Robbie Anderson just scares me a little bit. You know, that, that old connection back with back, back with the jets. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much usage Terrace Marshall, will, Terrace Marshall will actually have, but again, in the later rounds, I think he's very much worth it. Yeah. Why not take a flyer on him? It's Why your 12 a- or 13th pick. It doesn't even matter. Exactly. Home run. It's a, it's a home run swing. What, what do you have to lose in the later rounds? And then 
Moving on to my second rookie. I know we kind of we, we talked about him, then we're like, nah. And now I'm kind of I'm gonna bring him back up. It's Michael Carter. Oh, on the Jets. Okay. On the Jets. He rushed seven times for 22 yards, but he added a reception for nine yards on okay. Saturday night. So efficiency is not good. And again, this is coming from someone who hates Gus Edwards, who hates someone that only rushes for three yards a carry, right? Well, I'm glad you you let that out. I know. Yes. Yes. But I am here to say that if Michael Carter gets a starting job, do you see yourself taking him or drafting him at all? If Michael Carter gets the starting job, if he gets a starting job, he becomes draftable. I think there are running backs out there that will probably do worse. So mm-hmm. I think we'll be fine. Like, for example, Antonio Gibson. I, if, 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 okay, I, I just never liked the guy. So I think I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? I, I, I retrieved the statement. I retrieved the statement. But my point here is Michael Carter. I think if, if he's a starting running back, he's draftable because I don't see too much concerns with the Jets. It's still questionable for sure, but I believe in him. Would you draft him or Mike Davis? Michael Carter. Oh, easily. If, okay. if, if, if he's a first round pick or, or sorry, not a first round pick or on the first team. Would you do it? Or you're a Mike Davis guy? I think I draft Michael Carter. Yeah, it's just like, I think the potential is what's selling me right now. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I I, I agree, though. I mean, like, again, like, they, they move up in the draft to get him. He fits the personnel. They like him in the locker room. Like, you have to believe that he's going to be the number one. But, yeah. yeah, I like him. I think I'll have some shares of him if I can. But I won't lose sleep if I don't, just because... I think you have to wait and see to see where he will be drafted or not where will be drafted, but where he's going to fall in, in the depth chart. Because again, rushing seven times for 22 yards, it doesn't scream to Robert Sala that you should have the ball again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. That's all I had for the, for the rookies. All right. Uh, my next news headliner. So uh, the saints offense kind of fizzled a little bit without breeze in week one. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston went back to the Winston we all know, and he threw a pick along with Taysom Hill and Ian Book logging in picks of their own. So does seeing the Saints offense in week one of the preseason bring any doubt into drafting Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara? Probably mainly Michael Thomas because he's the one receiving catches from these guys. I am fading. It was really underwhelming. Um, I... I... <laughs> I saw some of the highlights, unfortunately, or lowlights, as I like the to low call lights. them. Lowlights. Okay. I like um, that. I'm fading Michael Thomas as much as I can. Like, I don't want to be that person that drafts Michael Thomas. So where do you fade him to? Oh, oh uh, fading him to the point where you're not even going to draft him. I'm trying my best. I'm, I'm going to keep passing the buck on him. Okay. Okay. And, and that was solely based on, week, like, week one solidified that for you. I was fading Michael Thomas since the news that he had bad blood with the organization. Now I know they're fixing it. That's okay. cool, I guess. I, okay. I, he's not going to play for six or seven weeks. Very true. Very true. Um, where I have him in my rankings, I think. Call me crazy. I have Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton 
ahead of Michael Thomas. And I can totally see that because those two players don't have question marks exactly surrounding them. Yeah. But so you're just taking the safer pick. Exactly. And that's, and that's how I feel like people should handle the Michael Thomas situation, especially with the quarterback play. Um, you know, like Michael Thomas, I know he was really good, but two years ago, he had one off, he had one off season. Again, you're waiting six or seven weeks to see if Michael Thomas will either be 2020 Michael Thomas or 2019 Michael Thomas. But sure. so much has changed since 2019. Who knows if that Michael Thomas is ever going to come back? Exactly. I don't so want even if you him. get him in the later rounds, it's a little bit too expensive to take a bet exactly. on this guy, to roll the dice on him. So Alvin speaking Kamara, of first, oh, oh, Alvin Kamara. What about Alvin I'm Kamara? Worried. Oh, you're worried too? Just a little bit. You don't think Jameis Winston can throw you know, a five-yarder without getting intercepted? That's all he needs, a five-yarder to Kamara. I've seen crazier things happen. <laughs> okay. All um, right. Just a little worried, but not. It's preseason week one. I'm not going to blow it out of proportion. It's something I will watch. Okay. So okay. since we're talking about wide receivers, I'm just going to dive into my next headline. It relates to Odell Beckham, and we're going to revisit his trade really quickly because mm-hmm. Dave Gettleman, GM for the Giants, said he was very happy with the trade. So mm-hmm. after uh, the end of the 2018-19 season, Giants traded for safety. Jabril, Jabril Peppers and two first rounders, uh, Dexter Lawrence and O'Shane Zemeans, DT and an edge. Yes. So now, if we pull back and we look at both these teams, the Giants haven't made the playoffs since they had Beckham. Mm-hmm. And the Browns got pretty far last season, basically without Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. And there was not that much chemistry between Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield even though, or even when they did play together. So mm-hmm. does this change what you have previously said about where you would draft Odell? Or you knew all this already? I did not know all of that, but I, okay. I still like Odell Beckham. Okay. And where he's being drafted might be a little too rich I mean, because we talked about Michael Thomas, I'm drafting Odell Beckham before Michael Thomas mm-hmm. every single day. Because um, the talent's there. Odell Beckham's still a really good wide receiver. Still is. I know he hasn't showed it for, what, two or three years? He hasn't even shown connection with Baker. With Baker, and I totally understand that. But where he's being drafted as a flex, that could potentially be a top five wide receiver. Then it's worth it. I would, I would not be surprised. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's that upside with Odell Beckham. That always gets me excited. Now, do I get let down more often than I get excited? Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm still willing. I'm still willing to take that chance on Odell, Odell Beckham. But I like their approach. Yeah, if we're gonna talk football, though, I think I think Odell Beckham helps Cleveland so much, though. Like in a in a football standpoint, just because he clears the way. Just you on the stat sheet. Yeah, just on the stat sheet. Like you have to you have to worry about Odell. You have to. Um, like, and maybe we're not scared of Odell because, like, again, like we haven't seen him play. Mm-hmm. But I think other teams still have nightmares of him like burning them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? torching him, yeah. Or, so or him torching him. them. Exactly. So you have to double cover him sometimes. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, that leads the way for other other receivers, the running game to kind of pop off. Like Odell Beckham's a good is a good wide receiver, good enough to help Cleveland. I think that I actually think Cleveland might make the Super Bowl this year, but mostly interesting. But I think the main thing about Odell then, it's probably just his injury and if he can get back to his old form. Because you make a really good point about how he is their star player. So if as long as he gets super healthy, 100% healthy, he'll be fine. But it's just, can he recover? Can he recover? 
can't make that bounce back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many more headliners do you have, Frank? Because I have my last one. But I just have one more. Frank. Oh, perfect. So I'll yeah, I'll go, go in with mine and then you'll go in with yours and we'll we'll call it that. But yeah. Headliner number three. I have, and it's called Old But Gold. Old But Gold. Classic saying. Okay. Yes. So I have two players that are not super old in the NFL, but they're players that they're the veterans on their team. And I guess my question is like, do you trust these players to produce in the regular season or will you draft them based off of their performance in preseason week one? And the first player I have is Marvin Jones. And you're like, hmm, right? Hmm. You chuckled. He had 52 yards on three grabs in yeah. preseason week one. It looked like he had a really good connection with Trevor Lawrence. And there was one play, um, I'll probably show you after the podcast, but it was trending. Trevor Lawrence was like in trouble and he just launches it and Marvin Jones is there and he makes a beautiful catch. Mm-hmm. Okay. For the first down, it was like third and 10, third and long. Looks like there's a connection. I think there's something there, but let me lead into the next player. The second player is Corey Davis. Okay. Four targets in just the first quarter alone. I know he only had 18 yards. He got one first down for the team. I don't think the Jets' offense was too awesome um, preseason week one. But again, Corey Davis was targeted four times by Zach Wilson. Kind of important. So, Ryan, do you trust any of these players on your fantasy football roster? Two approaches. I think it doesn't really matter which one you are, but I think if you're more risky and you're going for the big play move, you go Marvin Jones Jr. Because I, I like Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones Jr. I feel like you know he's going to come up with those spectacular plays. I don't know if he'll get targeted by Trevor Lawrence as much as Zach Wilson will target uh, uh, Corey Davis, but that's where I would go if you want some risky, high risk, high reward. I would go Marvin Jones Jr. But Corey Davis from week one in the preseason, it seems like he's going to get the look or the looks from uh, Zach Wilson. He's going to get the targets. So I I mean, the offense, like you said, not too overwhelming, kind of underwhelming. So as if it's like half point PPR, I mean, you're going to get some value out of Corey Davis. So it's a lower, it's a higher floor for Corey Davis. How I see it. Got it. Yeah. You know, I actually kind of see it pretty similarly, um, especially with with Marvin Jones, because I think I think the risk with Marvin Jones is that he could either be first wide receiver one or wide receiver three. Like, exactly. you know and that's like, what I meant. Yeah. Like like you don't you don't know. And um see, and this is where this is where reporters get you because you're like Marvin Jones is the perfect wide receiver for rookie quarterbacks to throw to early on in their career or early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Notice how they phrase it, early on in the season. So what happens to Marvin Jones week eight? Yeah, because not uh, the first no wide receiver on the death chart. You get what I'm saying? Why does he drop? Um, it and, sounds and like just, they're phrasing it in a way where it's kind of like, this guy's not the best player, but he's the most knowledgeable. So rookie quarterbacks will rely on him for now until they get comfortable mm-hmm. with the game. They're gonna find the better player and throw to him instead, right? And, and that's what it sounds this, like. I don't know why this comparison hit me. Remember when? Remember when? When Joe Burrow just kept trying to make AJ Green happen? Oh yeah, yeah. Because he was yeah, the like, veteran. It's kind of like if I throw to this guy, he has to catch it, right? Right. He has. He had like like 12, 13 targets, like a couple of games, yeah. like early on. Like 
I, think, I was mad because I had Tyler Boyd. <laughs> right. I, I was mad for a different reason. I had AJ Green, but he wasn't catching the ball. But anyways, um, right. And so like, you know, maybe Marvin Jones has actual value here. My only concern is DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. I think I'm high on both. I'm not, I don't think. I'm pretty high on DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. And I think the mindset is you're either all in on the Jaguars wide receivers or you fade all of them. Yeah. Like you can't just, you got to pick one and just go with, and just go with it. Or you don't pick any of them. You know what I'm saying? I see what you mean. No, I just looked up a staff for AJ green, you know, just to reiterate the fact of how much he got targeted. He got targeted 104 times. Guess how many times he caught the ball? How many? 47, less than half. That's tragic. But For oh, 500 God. yards. You know, it's a little, it's a little, God dang it. You know? Well, I mean, but also, um, Joe Burrow did get hurt, so I guess like there is like some, some to that. But I, I, I totally get, I totally get what you're where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Drawing it back to Marvin Jones, you know where he finished last year? Where in terms of being wide receiver? Pretty high, right? No, wide receiver eighteen. Not bad. I feel he's definitely like flies under the radar then because no one talks he, about him. He always flies under the, the radar, and I think you know Marvin Jones is probably the safest out of DJ Chark and Lavisca Chanel. He has the highest floor, but maybe not the highest ceiling. But okay. again, if you want to share of the the Jaguars wide receivers, I Marvin Jones is a safe bet. For Corey Davis, we're just gonna go really quickly. Wide receiver 30 last year, playing behind AJ Brown. I think he has the talent to be a wide receiver one for the Jets. Unfortunately, I just don't think Zach Wilson is there. Yeah. Developmentally, I think he needs another year in the NFL for Corey Davis to be super duper good. Mm-hmm late round flyer i mean like this this is what i'm talking about would you rather have Corey davis or terrace marshall who can get you those like in the flex like literally three catches 80 yards and a touchdown or Corey davis is going to get you eight catches for 60 yards that puts you at 10 points and then the other guy you said 80 and then a touchdown Mm -hmm. oh so you, you get more points but then if you don't get the touchdown See, uh, there, there you go. You don't. Right? It all comes down to philosophy and how you want to build your team. Because mm-hmm. do you need dependability on, from this roster spot, or is this roster spot open for like high risk, high reward? Very fair. Very. I. I think that's very fair. Not every roster is built the same. And again, like what you said, that roster spot can mean different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with how their their roster is constructed, I agree with you. I would. I mean, take, we I have would... people in our league who roster four to six Niner players at once, so there are a lot of draft philosophies out there. Many, many different ones. But yeah, that's all I had for my headliner. Ryan, right. take it away. And... I'll close it off with a one last headliner. So I just want to talk about PFF passing grades among the rookie QBs. Okay. So do you want to know the stat line as well, or do you just want the PFF number? I'll just, uh, if you can give me the stat line, please. I can give you the stat line. All right. So there's five rookie QBs. Mac Jones, number one at 82. He went 13 of 19 for 87 yards, zero touchdowns. Zach Wilson came in at number two, around 78.8. So 79, six out of nine. So through way less attempts, 63 yards. Justin Fields came in at three, 64.2, 14 out of 20. 142 yards and a rushing touchdown. 
And then Trevor Lawrence came in at fourth, 58.5, six out of nine, 71 yards. So I feel like a similar stat line to Zach Wilson, but he's rated much lower. And then Trey Lance coming in at fifth at 49, five out of 14, 128 yards and one TD pass. Although it should have been eight out of 14 if his receivers didn't drop it. So my question to you is, is this kind of the result you expected or what's going on? What are, what are your like just quick thoughts on week one? I, I know it's just week one, but what are your thoughts on this? Quick thoughts of week one. I don't want to say I'm surprised, but it's kind of just how PFF kind of grades. Um, like they value certain stats more than others. Cause I think the best rookie that played was Justin Fields. And okay. he was third on the list. You get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. there's just some, some stuff that PFF doesn't measure that you just see on the field. I know it sounds like really boomer, like, oh, don't trust like what the computer says. Like, look at look at what you see on the field. But um, hey, man, Bill Mac Belichick really, makes it work. Bill Belichick makes it work, yeah. Mac Jones, I saw his highlights for week one. They were passive. Again, he, he moved the ball, but it, it wasn't spectacular. You know what I'm saying? I feel like... That's the thing where it's kind of like, I feel Mac Jones will always come out on top for a while as of right now is because of the way that offense wants to use Mac Jones. Yes. It's the quick decisions, quick passes. So of course this guy's going to, his stats are going to be inflated. It's going to look like he's making good decisions Mm -hmm. because I don't think they're asking him to sling it, sling the ball at all. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is why I have my concerns for Mac Jones, but um, you said Zach Wilson was too. Zach Wilson Again, was too. Actually, he looked he looked pretty good. Uh, he looked, <laughs> all right. he looked, yeah, he looked yeah. pretty good. Um, but Justin Fields, that's the one I'm I'm so excited about. He looked he looked good. He looked good. Yeah, I'm yeah, kind of scared. Look bad. He he can run too. It's yeah, crazy. Uh, you know what's <laughs> you know what Andy Dalton said? I don't know if it's real or not. He said, um, I think he said something along the lines of like Justin Fields is gonna be really good. But this is my time. This, this is his time, huh? Yeah. What is that supposed to mean? Andy Dalton thinks he's starting week one. I, 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 I got that, but it's kind of like you really think he's going to do better than what Justin Fields looked like in week one. That's what he's kind of like. But that's what he believes. I, you know, he. Has I don't confidence. believe it, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my gosh. Hey, at least the guy has confidence. But yeah, that that wraps up. Uh, all I had to say. Any last thoughts? You know what? Okay. Out of those five rookies, who do you think is going to be the best rookie in terms of fantasy football? In terms of fantasy? Yeah. Oh. Those rookie quarterbacks. Sorry, rookie quarterbacks. In terms of fantasy. Uh, you kind of sold me on Justin Fields. I think the other one, the safe one, would probably be Mac Jones. Oh. Because it, it's it's not flashy, not flashy at all, but sometimes that's all you need for your quarterback position. Don't throw the interceptions. Don't subtract points from my team. Just get the ball around, distribute it to your team members, get one or two touchdowns a game, and that's all you need. You know what's funny? I'm, I would fade Mac Jones just because he's not mobile. Very true. He's not mobile at all. He's not mobile. That's the only problem, but I, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, if he's not subtracting points, I mean, is he really hurting your team? But that is true. But then the argument to, 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 to my point would probably be, well, you can get a guy that gets you more points. Exactly. Even if he subtracts points off your team, he'll still score higher than Mac Jones at the end of the day. Exactly. I have one more question. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Finish it off, man. Go ahead. 
are you concerned that we didn't talk about Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle at all in this podcast? Uh, you brought you bring up a good point because I totally forgot about them. The funny thing though is that I didn't see a single news article about Jamar Chase that I forgot about him, but Jalen Waddle I did see his punt returns, but it was on his punt returns, not his uh you know wide receiver abilities. I saw those too. I was not very pleased. <laughs> it's week one. It's it's week one. You know. Let's hope we talk about them week three or week two or, or next week. We'll talk about them next week for sure. Hopefully. Hopefully. But yeah, that's all I have. Wraps it up. All right. So to everyone that's made it this far, thank you for listening. And the football gods bless your team with more wins this year. We'll catch you guys next week when we break down preseason week two. Hopefully two will do better next week. And maybe we can see Deshaun Watson play a running back or even safety. And that's the T. And that's the T. Take care, y'all.